Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much uh, for listening every week, for helping me grow my brand and my podcast, telling your friends about it, being here, uh, being a citizen, and giving me feedback and ideas for the show. I love it. I love being the mayor. I love you being my citizens. Uh, it's just fantastic. And the steady growth and incline has been great. And it's all due to you. And it's not my town. It's your town. It's our town. Uh, and it's fantastic. Thank you for being a part of it. Guys, today I'm excited about my guest. It's going to be a great show. Uh, but uh, before I get into it, uh, and I'm going to go quick, but I, I do want you to know about some of my good friends in this business that mean a lot to me. If you're an independent agent, who's struggling to get contracts and appointments with carriers, or maybe you're struggling to balance multiple carrier relationships because of high production requirements, high volume requirements. Well, I'm here to tell you, my friend, smart choice is the way to go for you. They don't charge any fees to join, nor any monthly fees at all. Uh, they operate on a commission split, and that's only in the business that you write through the carriers you access through smart choice. It really differentiates them from the other networks out there because they aren't taking any ownership stake in your agency, nor do they tell you what to do with your agency. And you can leave just as easily as you came. They negotiate higher commissions. They, they negotiate lower production requirements. They help you balance your book. They've got 9,000 or more agencies in their network. It's no wonder they're the fastest growing agency network hands down, in the country. Dude, it's unbelievable. Smartchoiceagents.com. Go to the website, click find a carrier or find a market, whatever the tab is. Go to your state. Look at all the awesome offerings they've got. Also, I want to talk to you about my other good friends. I've been talking to you guys about them for almost a year now. Can you believe how fast it's gone by, citizen? Canopy Connect. Uh, I, I, get, I literally get a phone call every single week from one of you uh, or a new listener somebody that's found Canopy Connect from the show and say, thank you, thank you so much for turning me on to Canopy. It's changed the way we do business. It's changed my onboarding experience. It's changed uh, the attitude of my CSRs. It's changed so many things with my lender lender partners, uh, referral partners, uh, realtors that I work with. Um, you know, it's just a game changer. If you don't know what it is, go to usecanopy.com. Get yourself a demo. It is the one-click solution to get all the deck pages you need to quote your prospects and improve your onboarding experience and improve your relationship with your referral partners and all the things. I, I love Canopy Connect. They do such a great job. Usecanopy.com. You can put black backslash Heath or Heath and you can get a, dim, a discount as well. Or you can just tell them that the mayor sent you and get that discount. Anyway, Today, I am excited because I've got my friend, John Bachman, coming into the show. He is fantastic. He's got a claims background. He's worked in uh, in marketing for a long time as well. He just gets the business all the way around. And we have a fantastic conversation about all things um, insurance and claims and, and marketing and just the industry as a whole, you're going to love this conversation. Sit back, relax, and check out my conversation with John Bachman. John Bachman, my man, how are you doing? I am doing awesome, Mr. Mayor. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I am so good. Uh, you know, you're in Boston right now, huh? You got that right. We're and finally out of winter, and we're, it's starting to heat up here. <laughs> there you go. I think last time I talked to you, you were deep in the... In the winter storms, that was uh, I guess a couple months back, but uh, but I hear you're flying to a little uh, warmer weather soon. Yeah, heading out to California next week. Excited about that. Some strategy sessions with the company. Um, first flight since the whole world went to hell, so it's really? going to be interesting. I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, isn't that funny that we have to say that, you know? But uh, here we are. So, um, well, before you uh, take this flight, before we get off on this uh, podcast, let's take a walk down memory lane and catch us up to today. Yeah, yeah. So for the audience who, who's not familiar with me, I'm John Bachman. Uh, spent almost 20 years working for two different carriers, um, mostly in claims functions. Um, 
and also within uh, customer experience functions. Back before that was a thing at insurance companies. So that was a little bit interesting. Uh, since leaving the carriers, uh, I now work for experience.com. I'm the insurance industry principal over there. And what we're all about is helping companies collect, analyze, and act on experience data, whether it be customer experience data or in employee experience data. So that's me in a nutshell there for you. Man, you took a quick trip down memory lane. So you didn't give me time to take all my notes and everything, but uh, <laughs> that's all good. So, you know, we've, you know, John and I have talked several times over the, the last year or so. And so I've gotten to know him pretty well. So I wanted to make sure you got to. So tell me, experience.com has uh, gone through a little bit of changes as far as name goes and whatnot. Uh, strategy probably hasn't changed, but, you know, is there some things you want to you want to talk about there a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I would say uh, strategy has changed uh, a bit as well. Oh, so cool. Well, then I, dive in there too. Yeah, when when I joined the team uh, over two years ago, it was social survey, um, and we we're real prominent in the mortgage and real estate. And I joined the team to help build out the insurance vertical and helping out um, carriers, their agency partners, agency networks, agency associations, those types of things, and help them. Uh, uh, with their collection and using of CX data. Um, since then, we completely rebranded over to experience.com, which is a fantastic domain. We, we love it right now. And we've relaunched our new platform too. Um, so this platform can do all the cool things it used to do, plus so many more. Um, so it's, it's pretty wild. We're excited about it. And the whole reason I'm heading out um, west next week is we're having some massive strategy sessions. Um, uh, the entire uh, leadership team and, and subject matter experts are coming together to talk more about our strategy and, and how we can better align with our the companies we partner with and, and to help them out. Now, will that be, when you say you're going to give the team, is that insurance team or is that like, you know, because you do a lot of things besides insurance, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a couple of us from the insurance team, but it is the, it's the corporate the corporate team coming together. So what's what's experience.com's big money maker? Is it is it insurance? Is it real estate? Is it mortgage? Where, where do they work most? It's mortgage. That's where we grew up was the mortgage industry. Um, the last I heard, and don't quote me on this number, but the last I heard, it's like 18 to 20% of the loan officers in America are on our platform. So massive wow. market share over there. Um, every loan officer I see that uses it, loves it. And uh, they use it to build their brand online as well as uh, collect feedback about their customers. That's and, huge. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that and that marries well with the insurance industry as far as, you know, mortgage and insurance and that customer experience. You know, do y'all talk about that in your meetings and strategize as far as getting that customer experience between those two synergized a little better? Absolutely. That's one of uh, the features of our platform, our partner surveys. Um, so let's think about a loan officer that just uh, closed a loan with somebody and they did it with a real estate agent as well. And I'm, I'm speaking outside of my vertical. So part, bear with me because I'm going to struggle through it. So loan officer closes that loan with a customer and they send them a survey to get feedback. But that same transaction can send a survey to the real estate agent they did business with or the insurance agent they did business with to say, hey, how was this loan officer? How did they do to, to build that network? And it's it's another way to electronically refer customers because once we have that data, we then push it out to Google My Business, social media, other third-party sites. So it also works not just as the end user customer experience, but also as you know the insurance and the mortgage relationship customer experience. That's pretty cool. And yeah. that's gonna help everybody win. You got it. You got it. Yeah. It, it's a powerful platform, man. It really is. That's, That's awesome. the whole reason I'm here because I, yeah. wanted to, I wanted to blow up the insurance industry, man. Uh, I, I say it all the time that it's going to revolutionize the insurance industry, uh, probably at the carrier level first, and then it's going to trickle down to the agents as well. Um, I'm excited about what, what the future holds for us. Yeah. Okay. So you say, you know, you say all those things and I love it and I'm going to, I'm going to gig you a little bit, but you got you got uh, Google My Business. You've got you know NPS scores. You got some of those things like that. What what separates you guys from that, and what makes it different? Everybody's already kind of doing the survey thing, and everybody's kind of doing the social thing already. So, what makes you guys different? Yeah, there's a couple of things that are our are, are secret sauce. Uh, secret sauce is uh, the first thing is we build it on a hierarchy, meaning that from the corporation all the way down to the employee level, uh, we load people in. 
So we could load in every organization within a carrier, all of their agency partners, all of the producers and CSRs, we load them in. And then we have different throttles, controls, permissions at every level of the hierarchy. So if we're asking a survey about this CSR and we want the results to do something else, we can set that permission for that individual, or we can do it for that whole local office, or we can do it for the whole sub-agency or the whole carrier network. We can build it out that way. That's one. The other piece is um, how we connect to all the other things out there, whether it be Google My Business, Better Business Bureau, um, Zillow, Lending Tree, all the different connections we have out there. Of if a happy customer goes down a certain path or an unhappy customer goes down a certain path, we connect them into different workflows and it's all automated. So we don't need to add any more work to think about a producer, busy as hell already, right? They don't need any extra work, but they want to be able to post that review everywhere on their social media pages. They want it on their Google My Business. Um, so we have automatic um, connections to all those different sites. Let me stop you right there for just a second, because I, I do I do find that an interesting topic because I do hear a lot of agents. When I talk to agents and you talk to agents or talk to people in the insurance industry and we ask them about that, they'll say, oh yeah, I've got a link on the bottom of my email address or I've got a link on my thing. Yeah, we probably got 10 or 12 reviews or you know, we've got uh, this or that, but they really don't quite grasp it because it's so much bigger than that. It can be so much bigger than that. And so I wanted to camp here for just a second. Tell me, and then we'll get back into that a little bit later, but you know, what can they do? I mean, how can they strategize that a little bit better to get more reviews and more activity there and do some of that? Yeah. So besides just a link. Yeah. So I love talking about this because that's usually the first thing when I, when I have a conversation with an agency owner or principal, whatever it may be, I jump in, I check their website, I check their email signatures. And that's normally what you see is there might be a tab on their website that says um, reviews and there might be some copied and pasted reviews there. And then at the bottom, here's a link to get you out someplace or on the bottom of their email signature. You just made it so difficult for the customer. There's two key points that I tell everybody that I talk to about that is looking for more reviews. Make it easy. Well, first of all, let's let's step back. Ask. You got to ask. Um, if you're not asking, people are willing to do this for you. And if you don't ask, they're not going to do it. Beyond asking, you have to make it easy and you have to ask at the right time. Make it easy. Don't tell them to go out to a site, find your location and leave a review there. If you ask somebody to do that, you add a little friction, they're not going to do it. What I'm saying is provide them a link personally to them. Heath, appreciate doing business with you. Here's a link to my Google My Business. If you click on it, you can leave me a five-star review there and leave some comments. But you can pull that from Google My Business, the actual link that opens the window with the review. So it doesn't say, hey, look up Heath's insurance agency. And then from there, leave me a Google review. It's too much friction, too many steps. Um, so make it easy. Give them the link that opens it up or drives them right into where they can submit their review. Asking at the right time. You can't just ask all the time. It's when you're interacting with that customer. Say you just bound a policy with them. They're happy enough to hand over a check and say, you know what, Heath is going to be my insurance agent for the next year. That's probably a good time to say, hey, love doing business with you. I depend on business uh, uh, referrals and electronic referrals is one of those. Do you mind leaving me a Google review? Here's a link or renewal time. We know they're happy enough. They want to stick with us. You've gone through what the new proposal looks like. That might be a time. Hey, so glad that you're sticking with us. Here's a here's an opportunity to talk uh to our audience uh, about what you've had for an experience. Do you mind sharing that elsewhere? Um, so asking at the right time, making it easy, that's how you're going to get yourself more reviews. Yeah, there's a lot of theories on the right time. And I've talked to different people about the right time. Some people say, you know, right after you write it, or some people say maybe a month later when you start talking to them and say, hey, have you been happy with your experience? You know, would you mind leaving a review? When do you, you know, talk about that a second. Well, it, it really depends uh, because everybody has different client onboarding um, automations or, or they should where they're sending out an email of, hey, this is how you can file a claim or this is the team that you're going to be working with. And there might be a series of email cadences that are going out. So it might be part of that cadence. Um, I always want it close to a time that an employee did a did something for that client, not just randomly six months of, hey, have you been happy? Because they might not know they're happy. They've been getting a monthly uh, invoice, possibly, of saying, hey, here's your premium. Is that a great experience? No. But after those major transactions, they call in and make an auto change 
or changing the mortgage holder on their home policy. Maybe that's a time because you've interacted with them. You want to make sure that you've been, uh, that your team's been doing great and how better to highlight that than those reviews. But those, those are the times I, I can't say that it's cut and dry to say it's seven days after you bound the policy or it's, Three months after three months, it's getting a little bit long if there were no other interactions. You know, and that what you said a minute ago about the different areas within, you know, whether it's making a change or having a claim scenario or whatever, would you say to ask for reviews at each step of that or just one review overall? Let's say they're dealing with a great insurance agent, like their outside producer does a great job with them. Would you say that guy asked for a review and then maybe? You know, they have a, a conversation uh, six months later with, the, you know, the claim scenario and the claims rep, John Bachman, does a great job in their agency. Would you get a review from the claims? Say, hey, how was your claims experience? Or you think one per customer is good enough? I, again, it depends. And I hate I hate sitting on the fence like that, man. I, I do. But um, it, I got to get you off that fence, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what it comes down to is, first of all, you have to know about that individual client, too. Did you already ask them? Did they do it? Did they not do it? Did they say they don't want to? Stop asking me to do this shit. Whatever it may be. It, and if they did leave you one, don't ask them to leave another Google one. Ask them to leave a Facebook recommendation or a Yelp review or Better Business Bureau. They, there's so many review sites out there that they get, there's always an avenue to leave reviews out there. Um, so I, I wouldn't always say, let's go Google, but we want to keep Google fresh too. That um, I saw a study not too long ago that... I think it was reviews over two weeks old, 80% of consumers ignore them. So if it's older than two weeks old, it's pointless. Two weeks? Wow. That was a study. Yeah, I think that, it was Bright Local that did that study. I'm sorry. I don't have the, the actual, but. No, you're good. I just, I think that's fascinating because that's mean you're going to have to turn reviews quick, you know, and, you know, try to get their fresh reviews as you call them. Wow. I yeah. never thought about two weeks being old, but that's good. And then. The other piece to that puzzle, too, is the Google crawlers love that, too. So when Google is trying to find out who to say is the best insurance agent in a given lo local area, they're scanning for a bunch of different. So they're looking for the SEO reviews. They're looking for the Google My Business, and they're looking for fresh content. They're always looking for fresh content because they don't want to be wrong. When Google recommends one, two, and three of who are the best, not the paid ads, but the, the best that they see of the non-paids, they want to get that right. So people keep searching using Google. So uh, you have to you have to follow Google's lead and what they're looking for. And that's one of the main components are, are fresh reviews on Google My Business, but other review sites too. Sure. And I also think, you know, again, if you don't do a a Google review or Yelp or whatever. I think another another cool way I want to hear your thoughts. I know you're a, a video guy. You used to be a lot more active in the video space, but if you have a customer that has a great claims experience, they've already reviewed your sales guy. Maybe you have the guy or you have the guy come in your office, shoot a quick 30 second video or two minute video to say, Hey, my name is Heath Sharon. You know, I'm a customer of John Bachman's. They really did a good job on their claims. I had to claim within five minutes. I had them at my house, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a good way. What say you? 100%. It is, the goal should always be a super fan. Your client, should, you should always strive to turn them into a super fan. And how do you do that is you keep pleasing them all the way. But once you get them to the point where they become an advocate for you, and not just leaving a review. Uh, leaving a review is good for you. But if they get on camera or if they leave a, an audio review for you that you can post somewhere. What is that telling your other potential clients? It's like, you're a freaking rock star that you have somebody that's going out of their way to do that. Uh, plus it's, if, if you're doing commercial business, it's a way that they can highlight their companies too. Um, so oh, there's to and they're not going anywhere. If they've gone on record, on camera, on video, talking about how great John Bachman is, you better believe that they're probably not going to go anywhere because then they got to do another video for another agency saying they were wrong about John Bachman. And so- I, well, like I, I mentioned, somebody that's willing to give you a, that's going to sit down, do a video interview, or just to give a quick testimonial, they're not going anywhere anyways. They, they, they love you so much that they're willing to do that. Right. Um, that, that's so powerful. It really is. Yeah, I completely agree. And so, you know, since we're, you know, we're talking about some of this stuff and, and getting them to love you that much to do those things, you know, how, how can we, uh, how can we leave some content right now at this space for the next couple of minutes? 
on, you know, giving some tips and ideas for agents to do better at that customer experience to get the people to be this. I love super fan on that. Um, or a raving fan to go back four or five years. Um, you know, how can we do that as agents or even as company or as an, claims rep, whatever. Well, you just brought up a, a good point um, when we were just chatting a little bit about retention. Retention is key. We know the retained clients, they cost us less, it, but and make us more money as agents, right? So we want to keep more of our uh, of our business. I, I was talking with our buddy Bradley Flowers the other day, and he was looking at a stat. The number one reason clients leave an agent, and this is a Forrester's report, is poor claim service. And let's think about this. Agents, what are they selling in that policy? They're selling the carrier's claim service. That's all they're selling. It's a promise that that claims department is going to take care of that client should something bad happen. Do our agencies focus on that enough? I don't know. There are some, and like I think of my buddy up here in Connecticut, Chris Paradiso, he has his claims department. They're, They're fully locked in. Not every agency has the the resources, whether that be time or human capital that can devote to a, um, to a claims department within the agency, but it's vital. That's what we're selling is that claims are going to be taken care of. So we have to make claims a priority. Not a lot of agencies. We're, we're always trying to sell more and get more policies. That's what the producers are paid for. But let's think about those claims. That's what we're selling. And we need to take care of those people that are having claims, whether that's being the advocate for the client when they're having a claim with the carrier or just being the conduit of information back and forth. You need to be involved as much as possible. Right. And so the thing that I hear when I talk to agents about claims, now I've worked for carriers, I've worked for agents, uh, I was in a claims office for eight years. Um, God love you. A lot of agents will say, and I appreciate that, uh, <laughs> hopefully he does and you do too. Um, so, you know, when you talk about claims with agencies, they say, all I can do is just send them to 800 number. You know, I can't do anything and I hear agents and it makes me cringe and they'll say to their clients, here's the 800 number, you'll call them, they'll take it from there. And, you know, there's so much more and I want to hear you you know, because I could hear from the mayor all day. Let's hear from John. What can they do a step further than just give them the 800 number? So don't give them the 800 number. Either make the call yourself and file the claim because you know it's going to be done right or conference call it in and do it together. That That's one of the biggest pieces of advice. And I know it takes time and it's, it's emotional for the client. It's time spent that you don't have that time. We talked about it earlier. Agents don't have a lot of time on their hands to do other things, but this is one you devote the time and and you show that client how much you care about them to make sure you get them back to where they were before the loss. They're sticking with you. They're sticking with you. Um, So that's, if I can leave your audience with anything is that key component of don't just give an 800 number. Don't do that. Uh, And and sure. Some of our carriers are, are saying just give out the 800 number, but you can be involved even if they're just giving out an 800 number. So what, what once the file, the file has been claimed, the claim has been filed, man, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> once the claim has been filed, what, uh, you know, let's say, you know, day or two rolls by, <laughs> you call and check up there. Do you have a process you might be able to share with people? Um, everybody's different. As Jason Cass say, we're all a fingerprint. What, what, what difference, you know, what can you tell them? Well, the thing is, too, is every carrier is different, too. And that's why relationships, agents should have as strong a relationship with the claims parties at those carriers as they do with the underwriters and the marketing people that are stopping and giving you donuts. Um, we need to have that tight relationship with the claims team because that those are the people that are going to keep those policies around for you, or those claims people. So you have to know what their processes are. Um, does it take two days on average for them to inspect a home or an auto after a loss, or is it five days? Or do they use their own adjusters or do they use independent adjusters to do that? The more that you're tied in with what their processes are, the better advocate you can be for for your client. So after that's been filed, you know, XYZ carrier, it takes two days for them to schedule an appointment to see the property. So you can tell your client, hey, it's gonna be a couple of days. Try to sit tight. I know it sucks that you have to wait, but it's going to take two days. They're going to inspect it. And then XYZ is going to happen after that. If you can tell that, it's no more unknown. It's not take the 800 number and good luck. Or "Mm, I don't know what their next steps are. The more you're in tune with your carrier partners 
of how they're going to handle claims as they come through, the better information you'll have without having to make the extra call. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It goes back to setting expectations. If you yeah. can let them know it's going to take two days on this. Now, if they're in the middle of a flood and pipe burst, you might say, hey, go turn off the water first. And then let's 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 make a phone call. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's anything. It, it, one thing. Yeah, but Ottawa. you would think that you say that's anything, but some agents, they're afraid to tell them to turn off their water. Or they're afraid to tell them that. It was like, dude, it's common sense approach. Tell them to turn off the water. Tell them to make this. Tell them to go put a tarp over the roof in the meantime or something, right? Yeah, so all of those different things. As we should know, in, in this type of claim scenario, here are the ABC things that we know from our experience or our carriers know from experience that we need to do. Heck, I, I remember a while back um, at one of the carriers I work for, we had to put a checklist into place with total loss fires. When we know there's a total loss fire, to tell the person, shut off your electricity or call the electric company, call the cable company, do all of these things that... We know, but the client doesn't know that. We need to let them know what's going to happen. Or even the other situation of in an auto accident, I had people calling before they were even talking to the police. They're injured in their car and they're trying to call the insurance company. It's like, no, 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 no. Take care of you first. Talk to the police. And then you can call us. And just having that information about all these steps of these different claim scenarios to, to better educate uh, because that's what you all are, are, advisors, right? Is to advise them in these situations. So the more information we have to provide, the better off the client's going to be. Sure. Um, and I love the, the checklist you bring up. If, you, if there's agents out there, listen, do you have you know some of that material around or do you have any of that? Or do you uh, have any sites you could send them to maybe? Hmm. Or any ideas? I'll put you on the spot here. I, I don't offhand. I could probably okay, that's pull fine. something out. <laughs> I'm sure you could Google checklist for fire claim, but either way, I just thought if you had those, maybe that would help. Now, but really, any of those claims too. You brought up the water. Most people <clears throat> don't know to call up a surf pro, a service master, whoever it may be, is because they're worried who's going to pay for it. Well, somebody's got to pay for it. Somebody's got to do the work because there's going to be more damage if you don't take care of it. Um, so those numbers should be at the ready. And I'm assuming a lot of agents have partnerships already with the local contractors, making sure you have a board up company or a roof or a tree company that you know, hey, call up Bob's Tree Service uh, or whatever it may be. And then always make sure you're telling them, document it, take the pictures, um, keep the receipts, because the insurance company might say, eh, it's not covered because we don't have X, Y, and Z. So as long as you document it the whole way, pictures, video, receipts, invoices, that, that's a way to protect your client. Hey guys, sorry, not sorry. Had to interrupt you a little bit because I had to talk to you about my good friends over at Cover Desk. I'm so proud that they are a sponsor of this show. The Cover Desk model is a win-win to help you grow your business. With their highly skilled team of virtual assistants, you immediately eliminate the burden of administrative tasks and lower your overhead costs without sacrificing customer support. The clients get the help they need when they need it. Their virtual assistants are fully dedicated to you, the agency, supporting your business, your clients, your growth, providing the service your clients deserve. This allows you to focus on building the agency and cultivating the business. CoverDesk virtual assistants can handle these tasks, you know, saving you significant time because they've been through specific insurance training Andy puts on so that they know how to speak our language. This, like I said earlier, is a win-win, a win-win situation and a win-win for your agency. Go to CoverDesk.com or email hello at CoverDesk.com. Dot com to learn more information and get a demo. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, you're right. Um, and so I, I think, you know, I want to pivot for just a second because you've been on this side. So have I, and I've got a lot of listeners are on this side. We've talked to agents for a little bit, but for a little bit, let's talk to carrier reps for a minute or the, the claims adjusters that work for carriers. What, what kind of things do agents want to hear from them or how can they better communicate with their agents to let them know, Here's our process. Here's what we've got going on. Or is it just that simple? It's communication. It's always communication. Um, whether there's any time you look at a claim that went awry, it's because there was some kind of bad communication, whether it be the client to the agent, the agent to the carrier, the carrier to the agent, whatever it may be. It's there's some kind of breakdown um, with that communication. So staying open and honest throughout 
what's to be expected. You mentioned expectations earlier. That's a key component of laying out expectations and for uh, adjusters, laying out expectations for the agents as well of, hey, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen next. Um, Make sure the client knows this. We've told it to the client, but they're going through a stressful situation. Um, Here's the information as well. And um, this is going to come back a little bit on maybe from all my claims people of don't see an agent as as on the other side. It's all one team. Um, sometimes we've seen it where uh, adjusters, uh, what the hell is this agent trying to do? Trying to get something covered for the client that isn't covered. Well, they're being their advocate, and and it's all a team. the the client the the client, the agent, and the adjuster are all part of one team. And once everybody's on the same page of understanding why there's coverage, why there isn't coverage, how much is covered, how much is not covered, uh, the easier that claim is going to go. Even if it's denied, when everybody's on the same page, um, there's a, a buddy of mine, Alex, he worked for a carrier down in Florida. He talked about the ideal situation on a denial is to have that client turn around and say, thank you for explaining it so well. There you go. Uh, I, I do think that relationship, that open and honest is so key and so important in any of these situations. And uh, imagine, you know, when you have that phone call, if you've got, let's go be your three-way call type situation or your conference call deal, and you call that claims guy, and instead of what's your agency number, what's your, hey, John, how you doing, man? You know, good talking to you. Is anything I can help you with? Everything Okay. You know, if you have that kind of relationship instead of, and I've had those calls when I was an agent and I'd call the carrier, not to bang on carrier uh, claims guys. I love them. But when they would just, okay, tell me your agency number, what's your, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's just like uh, cold. But if you call and you know that person and you dealt with them, even if it's a fake it till you make it deal, just, you know, I'm talking to both sides here, agent and the claims guy at the carrier, make it sound like you know each other for the carrier, for the, you know, client's sake. Right. At least. To, to show that, that that relationship that they sold previously is a true relationship. Uh, I, I prided myself on that. It, um, when I was handling claims and when I was supervising and managing claims teams, that uh, the agency partners would call me up about claim scenarios, which you were a claims guy as well. We never liked the hypotheticals and stuff like that, but different claim scenarios, they'd call me up whether it was my policy or not. And a lot of people would say, well, why would you help out another carrier in that situation? That's not your client. Well, the agent realizes it. They realize, hey, John's my go-to guy. I He answered all these questions. And if ever something comes up with that client or another client, you know what? I know John's going to be able to take care of this client if something comes up or has tough questions. So maybe renewal time, or maybe um, a new client is coming. Th- they're thinking about me rather than calling another company. So it's it going to Gary Vaynerchuk. It's the the abundance mindset versus uh, the scarcity mindset. I know there are plenty out there that if I'm willing to help out all my agency partners the same way I would do it if they're paying the premium to us or not, that's going to work out in the long run. It, it's you got to yeah. take care. You got to take care of your partners. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and I'm so glad we're on this uh, customer or the experience conversation. I want to ask you, kind of tongue in cheek, but seriously, how many claims reps that work in either agencies or for carriers are in therapy? <laughs> hey, yeah. They get yelled at a lot. It, it's, it's, a, it's a rule. I always tell people that claims is such an amazing job. And it really can be because you're helping people, you're t- getting them through the toughest time. I fell in love with it because of some serious claims that impacted me uh, when speaking with people. And it, it's so impactful on my life. Um, if, why I will never see myself outside. Yeah, I'm at experience.com, um, but I'm always going to stay in tune with insurance and, and on that side of things. Um, but it it can be stressful as hell. It's not for everybody. I've had some adjusters that reported to me that had ended up with serious medical issues because of the stress and they had to leave altogether. Um, it's people are going through a tough time. That's the only time you're speaking to them is something bad happened. They were in a wreck, their house burnt down. Somebody got injured. And you're talking to them on their worst day. Yeah. The worst day of their life. And I, um, there's a, a claims trainer out there and he says, People are always going to be mad when they call in, but you have to understand that you're just a sounding board. You're not the target. You're not the cause of that bad situation. You're there to help them turn it around and get them back to where they were before the loss. Um, and, and just having that mindset of understanding, hey, it's not personal. 
They're not angry at John. They're not even angry at my company. They're angry at the situation because they're going through a shit time. And how can I, as the adjuster, turn that around and, and get them to feel more comfortable and get them on the right path again. Well, I think going back to that holistic team mentality, I think the agent can kind of set that expectation early as well by letting the client know, like you said, instead of the agent or the client being mad, it's going to take two days to get someone out there. Let them know ahead of time. Okay, Mr. Client, it's going to take two days for him to come out and do this. Or typically this carrier does this. That way they pissed off. Maybe you can tell they're heated and they're hot before they call John Bachman or whoever the claims adjuster is. Okay, here's the situation or... You know, try to ease that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, again, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. And this client is going through worst day of their life. And then they have the fear of unknown. And everything they've heard in the past is that insurance companies are only out there to deny claims. Um, so there's a bad perception out there anyways that we need to work on. That's another story for another time. Um, but it's 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 that that point where the agent can start to to calm everybody down and hey we know this is tough we're going to do everything to get you back and then the adjuster saying the, the same messaging of hey this sucks we know you're in a tough situation we hate it for you um we want to get you we want to get you right as soon as possible and here's how we're going to do it um it, it's showing that it, I, there's three things that I talk about when I speak to claims people it's listening caring and empathizing you put those things together. It doesn't matter about any of the other technical skills you have. You have those three skills and you work on them all the time. You're going to have happier clients. I like that. Listen, care, empathize. That's good. Yeah. So um, after the claim's been filed, after let's say it's, it's even been closed, um, to continue that customer experience, you know, what, what's next? What could happen next in an agency? Or is there a next step? After a claim is closed? Yeah. Yeah. Ex experience is the whole list. Of, it's what that customer is going through, whether there's something going on or not. It's what they think about your company. <clears throat> um, I didn't know it, if there was a, a step after to say, you know, maybe going back to your reviews to say, Hey, how'd the experience go? Or if there was a next step of, Hey, you know, it's been a little while since you're, you know, I know you went through a lot there. Did you get some more furniture or did you get this thing care of, you know, you, is there things like that you would suggest? I, I love that you brought that up. And this is something I talked to um, with some other people on, on the life insurance side of things is often as an adjuster or even as an agent, we think of the, the claim cycle as first notice of loss until when the payment is made or the check is cut. But wait a second, they had some instance before the first notice of loss that impacted them. That's their customer experience. And even after they get a check or an electronic payment, that claim isn't over until they replace or repair or do. So we do have to understand the entire experience uh, of that customer. The, the customer experience doesn't end when a, a, a check is cut. It, it We have to understand that. So within carriers, a lot of them are doing post-claim surveys to seeing how they're doing. If I'm an agent, I want to know how all of those are going. I'd want to see those survey results. I want to see when things are going good, bad, ugly. Um, I, I want that information. The, the more information I have to improve my, my business or my relationships, the better off I am going to be as a business person. So I'd want that information. And so you can follow up properly on the back end. Hey, did you get your Corvette back from the shop? Is it all set now? Um, did you replace all the furniture? Oh, you didn't. That's fine. That's what the policy is there for. You can replace some items. You didn't get the replacement cost. That's fine. Um, but you still have it out there if possible because the claims people aren't going to be following up after unless there is a, a recoverable depreciation claim that's open and ongoing, they're not going to follow up because they have hundreds of other claims they're dealing with as well. I hate to say that, but let's be realistic. They have hundreds of claims. Um, and once they're wrapped up with one claim, they got to move on to the next one. Um, so staying on top of it at the agent level, and then you can provide that information and, and help be a conduit again, back to the carrier should something need to be reopened. And then obviously then to ask for reviews. <laughs> right. Now, do you, at what point in an agency, um, and this just popped in my head, so forgive me, I'm going to try to work through this question a little bit, but at one point in an agency, do you feel like they should have a, a claims department or is it something that should just always fall on the CSR or the agent or the owner of the agency? 
you know, is there a magic pill there or a magic number, or is it just something you feel like every agency should? Or because you get overwhelmed with CSR quickly by saying, "Oh, you're in charge of claims now too." Yeah, CSR's got an up on their plate too with all the different work they have. I, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd have every agency have a claims person that understands the claims, understands the relationships, understands the claims department. But I know that's not realistic. Um, you think about a two or three person agency. There's no way they can devote one headcount to claims. I get that. Um, but for those agencies that can afford an extra head, they need to. They need to make that a priority. I always hear people talking about uh, devoting a head to a new marketing person. That was a big deal the last two, three, four years of we can't just give social media to somebody else in the agency. We need to have a dedicated marketing person. I want to say you need a dedicated claims person, probably more than a marketing person. Because again, costs more to acquire new new clients. We should be doing our best on retaining uh, our current clients. Um, And part of that is the claims, the claims end. I would, you know... I like that. As I'm thinking about it, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to an ADHD moment here, but I'm also thinking you could also partner that maybe with a risk improvement and claims department. So maybe you do some ladder training, some OSHA training, but then you could also have them, you know, there for the claim side, maybe to help prevent claims and, uh, you know, deal with claims. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. You could have that one head be like a loss control slash claims individual. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're going to take all that information they're collecting on the claim side and seeing what's happening historically. You take that data and go, okay, here's things that all of our clients should be doing to avoid that crap from happening. So absolutely, those should be tying in always. I I always love it when loss control and claims are tight knit at carriers, never mind at the agency level too. Yeah. Okay. Good. I just, I don't know. I felt like that is right here live. unscripted. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Uh, well, the whole thing's been unscripted, but that was something that's popped in my head. Um, so, um, you know, let's talk about, okay, uh, you know, we've talked about the risk improvement and the claims. We've talked about a lot of things. Now, one of the things that, you know, you led off with is, you know, with the social survey, part of it being social. And we talked a little bit about through that, but uh, now we've kind of gone through a claim scenario and customer experience. I, I feel like, and again, I may gig you a little, but look, everybody's on social now. Every agency's got a, a, a page everybody's doing this or that, but what could separate somebody? What, what do you suggest? Or what do you have some ideas on? Or is it just being more consistent or is it whatever? Is there a thing you want to talk about as far as social goes? Depends on, depends on your audience and what type of business you're writing to and being on the platforms where your audience or your ultimate client, your, the personas that you're pursuing, where they are and be there and have the messaging that resonates with them. Um, I, I think too, uh, again, it, it feels like I'm name dropping a lot. I, I, I don't like that. But I, I'm thinking about Seth Zaremba a, a few years back and he was big into trucking, heavy trucking. And he developed a marketing campaign because it wasn't the truckers that were online. It was the truckers' wives and spouses that were online. And one thing that they had a big concern about based on his research was the health of the drivers. And one aspect of that was not stretching properly. So he did a whole campaign to um, wives and spouses of truckers about this is what you have to make sure your husband or spouse is doing when they're stopping. And here are some stretches you can give them. Targeting it to those people that are on the platform, messaging proper to them that will help the client. So it's having that mindset of, who is the true audience? Who am I selling to? And what am I trying to get out of uh, my content that I'm releasing? Uh, you have to be mindful about the audience. So it's it's value add content. Yeah. Not just, and I love, I'll name drop too. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> our, our buddy, Chris Paradiso, a good friend of mine as well. Love him to death. Shout out. Uh, I probably shout him out every third episode. Um <laughs> But he's really not on my payroll insurance town, although he should be. Maybe I should make him sheriff of insurance town. But anyway, I'm going to I'm going to see him. Uh, I'm going down there for his flag day in less than a month now. I'm going to be down there for a race in his town. Yeah. And then I'm going to stick around for flag day, too. So I'll, I'll let him know. Go. Yeah, let him know. He's been appointed as something in my town. But. So again, going back to Chris, one of the things that he says that uh, that I agree with wholeheartedly, I've seen it too many times, so stop doing insurance town citizens, but the whole, let's say, uh, happy 4th of July with your company logo in the bottom corner, or 
you know, John Bachman or agency wants to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I really feel like, yeah, cool. You got your name out there. But I really feel like the value added and the videos. If you guys have never seen John Bachman's videos, go check them out. Uh, you know, do some of that because I really do think that's really cool. And I laugh my head off. Sometimes. You did one where you were playing a guitar for a second and then you stopped like, oh, whoa, wrong video. That yeah, was that, funny. That but it was still been. content. <laughs> that was what? That, yeah, that, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, going back to that value-added content, you're exactly right. I think it's well, more I, than just a happy Mother's Day or a yeah, whatever. because because those things everybody's doing those, uh, it, and I see it in when I go on my LinkedIn Navigator, uh, Sales Navigator, and I'm looking whenever I I know when there's a holiday coming around because my feed is filled up with Happy's Mother's Day or whatever it may be. There's there's lots of them in there, and they get lost in the noise. It depends on how you how you do it. If, if yours stands out from, from the rest, by all means, you should do it. And, and it shouldn't always be value add. I would, I would challenge you on that a little bit, Heath, um, because I like the ones about culture, that it makes your team more, okay. more, okay. personal, more individuals, highlighting individuals in, in there. And, and not just, here's Sally and she's our CSR. No, Sally... Sally is at the NASCAR race and Sally loves NASCAR and, and here she is in turn three at whatever. Um, all of a sudden that makes Sally an individual, a person. So when somebody's calling in, it's just not a, a, a blank face that they're calling into. They, they know Sally now. So the culture, and, and you need to indisperse, in, uh, in I'm saying it all wrong, but intermingle the, the value adds with the culture of what the team's all about. Um, it, it does need to be a, a full, uh, a full campaign of different things that appeal to, to your audience. Yeah, no, you're right. It, and I'll, I'll take that challenge. I agree with you there. I just uh, more want to get people off of the, just the stuff everybody's doing. I like the whole swim upstream thing or go the other direction or however you want to say it. I just, I think that I just kind of, a little bit and everybody about social because you know you go back 10 years ago you know social was wasn't the big deal and that was the thing to talk about but we're 10 years into it folks it's time to evolve yeah it's time to move forward and we i'm loving to hear experiences helping that yeah absolutely and and, and just to go back is some people feel as though social i need to be on all social media and and now TikTok's big, so I need to be on TikTok and I need to be doing that. Well if your audience and your ideal client is not on TikTok don't jump on TikTok just for the sake of jumping on TikTok. Just because Gary Vaynerchuk said it or Bradley Flowers said it, all, all due respect to Bradley, um, you got to be mindful of where your audience is. And if your audience is still on Facebook, hell, if your audience is still on MySpace, you should have a MySpace account. Uh, I don't think your audience is there, so don't open reopen your MySpace today. <laughs> but you, you have to know about yeah. that. And that's, uh, again, at being that trusted advisor and being uh, in a relationship with your client, you need to know this stuff. If you are truly that trusted advisor, um, you need to know about them. You need to know where they are in the community, the actual community, and then their social community. And you need to be there too. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I completely agree. And it's one of those things that I've got to work on because, you know, I've switched over a lot of my content marketing from Facebook to LinkedIn, but I can't forget, you know, the Facebook. I've never been real active on Instagram or Twitter. In fact, I, you know, I'll get chastised, but I'm not a huge Twitter fan, but I've got to, you know, because I've got some audience that, that loves it. You know, uh, you talk about your boy Zaremba. He loves he loves Twitter. Um, Insurance Twitter is a thing. It, it's a real thing. You should yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so I've got to get better about that. So here I am, you know, preaching to, you know, people that I need to do stuff better on too. So um, Hell, now, we, all can do, we all can do better. We all learn every yeah. day and we all can do better every day. Sure. Um, okay. So I, I do have, you know, something I want to ask you about that, um, you know, I've seen, speaking of Facebook, uh, speaking of social media, I've seen you lately talk about MUI 2021, MUI 2021. What are we talking about here? Tell me about this. What Mui, is it? Go to the beginning and tell me. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, but this is, it's an insure tech highlight conference uh, contest that's over in Austria. 
It's in uh, Vienna, Austria. And what they do in the past, what they've done is they've had insurtech startups pitch their big innovations and they have an award ceremony and all of that. And obviously with COVID, it's changed things up. So they had to go virtual last year. And then this year they're doing a hybrid where they're having some in-person and some virtual. Um, but Erica, who, who heads up insurance, um, she reached out to me and asked me to be a part of their um, advisory board. And what they're doing this year is they're having a, a pitch contest, but it's um, pitch like a startup, even if you're not a startup. And because they know there are so many different um, uh, companies and individuals that are working on innovative things at insurance companies reinsurance companies, brokerages, agencies. They're doing things that are amazing and they're releasing it out to their clients and, and they're doing some really cool things, but they don't get to highlight themselves. They don't get to go up on stage and, and talk about their innovation. So this is a platform. So what they're looking for is insurance professionals under the age of 35, because they're trying to get the young professionals jazzed up about this too, to give a quick pitch on, on their phone, do a quick video and submit it as an application. In the top 10 are going to be invited to Vienna, Austria to pitch. Um, if they're not comfortable or they're unable to do that, they're going to um, do it virtually as well. But not only are they going to do that, the top 10 pitching and for their awards, but prior to that, insure tech professionals that are versed in this pitching, they're going to give courses to the, the top 10. They're going to be teaching them. This is how we pitch. This is how we do it. This is a story you want to tell. Oh, that's fantastic how you did this, this, and this. This is how you should tell that story. So it's a cool program. I'm so thankful that Erica reached out to me about it. I'm excited about it. There aren't too many folks um, on the state side that are involved. Um, Rob Galbraith, if you're familiar with him, he's known as the most interesting man in insurance. Um, he's another advisory uh uh, board member as well with me, but it, it's pretty wild, man. International and, and getting young folks being able to, to um, hype up their companies and the innovations they've been working on. So it's something I'm excited about being a part of. Let's start calling you Mr. International, John Bachman. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, no, that's really cool. I've seen that. You posted a couple of times about it and I've watched it and it just made me think of Shark Tank for InsurTex or, you know, something like that. Well, that's the thing. Like I, in Tech New York, in Tech Hartford, they've run these shark tanks, uh, for lack of a better word, where the these InsurTech startups get up on stage, they pitch themselves, they win awards, they win cash, and then they can build their company that much bigger. But that's not available to non-InsurTechs. So the fact that they're opening it up in this way, I love it. It's why I wanted to jump on because I remember... Uh, I mentioned it. My last video that I released is I worked for a department called the customer and experience relationship team. And we were doing cool things. We were taking survey results and we were developing projects saying, hey, this is where we're falling down. Here's where we can do better. And we developed a whole new project or, or did something cool uh, at our insurance company, but it stayed within our four walls. We didn't get to tell it. I would have loved way back in 2012, for me to be able to say, hey, this is what we did and, and be able to tout what our team did and what our company did, we didn't have that opportunity. And now an opportunity is out there for folks. Yeah, you were still young enough back then. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, 2012, yeah, both, I was 32. <laughs> I was about to say, we're both 41 now. So we're a little, I just told on you there, sorry. But yeah. We I were, won't hold uh, it against you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, we're both too old now. Um, uh, but anyhow, no, that's really cool. I'm glad to see you a part of that project. And I want to give you an opportunity and a platform to talk about it for a minute. Cause it's cool. When is that going on? Exactly. How long do they have to submit? They have until that July 31, the applications close out and, yeah. um, I'll, I'll get you a link. They release this in, in May. So they'll have a couple of months still. Um, so I'll, I'll try to get this out quickly. So we, that's not too outdated, but uh, speaking of dating a podcast, since I've already dated the podcast, I'm going to assume some things here for a minute. Did you see Jason Tatum go off for 50 last night for the Celtics? How about those Celtics? How Dude. about the, the fact that they're in a playoff game? Uh, uh, not a playoff, a, a play-in a game play -in. is atrocious. Uh, but it's it's always good seeing the Boston sports Dude. teams doing their thing. Dude, I, I am not a Boston fan as far as the Celtics go. I am a Red Sox guy, but not with the Celtics. But seeing that fella go off for 50 and just smoke a hot Wizards team, that was awesome. 
We're going to date this podcast. I'll have to release it quick so people will still understand this <laughs> reference. But I'm an NBA fan. A lot of people are not, but I'm a huge NBA fan. So that was cool to see last night. And everybody was so fired up for him to see him score that many. It was cool to see his teammates. Well, really a couple cool. Of weeks, a couple weeks ago, he scored 60, right? Right. Yep. Dude's a man, a man amongst boys. But anyhow, so uh, I did want to, you know, date the thing a little bit. But that's okay. Um <laughs> You know, as we're wrapping up here, is there any final things you want? I mean, I, I tried to give you a good enough platform to talk about a lot of things, but you, I could probably go for another three hours with you and still have no, you know, we've still not run out of topics. But, you know, is there anything I missed? Anything that you want to stand on? Nah, man. I, You know what? I, I get passionate about claims, and that's why I go off on that a bit. Um, just want to go back to that's that's what we're selling at insurance companies. We're selling the promise that the, the claims team is going to be there to take care of them. So, Shouldn't that be the most important thing that we're looking at, even at the agency level? Sure, it's the agents that are just selling it, but they're they're a vital cog to that process too. So get involved if you're not. Tighten up those relationships more than you ever have in the past, and ultimately the clients will win, and that's what it's all about. We want the clients to win. Yeah, while we're name dropping Bradley, let's go ahead and drop Scott too. Scott, you know, always says that's when we start earning our paycheck. Is yep. when the claims start rolling in. If we don't take care of our customers, what the hell are we here for? You know, that's right. what that's what we get paid for. Otherwise, it's just a piece of paper. That's all it is. That's all it, it's a promise. You're selling a yep. promise. That's it. Yeah. That's it. If you don't keep that promise, you're not in business very long. <laughs> you're exactly right. So uh no, I think that's cool. I, I really enjoyed this conversation and I try to be respectful of my listeners. Otherwise, we could go for a couple more hours. Maybe we will off air, but I had a great time talking with you, hearing about what you're an experience, hearing about how you pronounce it, Moi, Mui, Mui, M O I, well, M O I, 2021, or M O I, 21, 2021, I think. Okay, yeah. so we'll go with M O I, 2021. Check it out. Um, I'm gonna try to look it up quickly while we're talking, but um, I want to make sure that we get that in there because I loved hearing about that. Uh, I, I think what you're doing, you're doing some really cool stuff out there. So thank you for that. Yeah, you and, caught me by surprise bringing that one up. It, it it's kind of like a passion project. Um, yeah. So it's it's cool that you brought that up. I would I didn't come prepared. I, I would have come better prepared for you. <laughs> Dude, I, I try to keep you on my my audience or my uh, guests on their toes a little bit. So um, you know, you never know what I'm going to pull out. Um, so it looks like it is M O I 2021. You were right. So, um, yeah, let's make sure that, uh, we, we support that. If you're interested in something like that, let's do it. Um, so why don't you leave some, uh, some contact information. Anybody wants to, uh, follow up with you or want to talk to you. Um, probably do that for the, me. Probably the easiest way to hit me up is on LinkedIn. Um, it's LinkedIn backslash, um, John Bachman and Bachman is spelt with two N's at the end of it. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. Um, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing from your audience there, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I really, you know, I really challenge every one of you to reach out to him and talk to him, whether it's about claims, about experience.com, about Moe, Moe, Moe. Um, they're going to fire you from this cause I butchered it. But, uh, anyway, um, you know, talk to him about, you know, the claims experience, how you can improve. This guy just loves the industry as much as I do probably. So uh, reach out to him. He's serious when he says to, because he and I have spoke on LinkedIn several times. So uh, I appreciate what you're doing. I think uh, you're amazing. And it's, I'm just mad at myself. It took me a year and a half to get you on the show, but um, you know, so glad you came on and uh, never, man. (laughs) Right. We'll do it again soon, man. Have a great day. You do the same, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate your audience. And again, anything I can help you or your audience with, I'm here for you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for checking out today's episode with me and John Bachman. What a cool episode. How much fun was that? Uh, I really hope that you got as much value as I did out of that. And if you didn't rewind and go back and check it out again, because there was so many gold nuggets in there. Lots of good info. Uh, John killed it. So uh, thank you again for listening. And I really hope that we added value to your day um do me a favor go subscribe to the show if you haven't yet go to the website check it out give me your feedback because i want to improve everything and all things for you my citizen if you haven't clicked on the the button on my website to sign up for my newsletter or blog or whatever we're going to call it 
Go do that for me so I can get you on my email distribution list. Lastly, this episode was recorded, edited, produced by my friends over at Ready Sad Podcast. If you got an idea for your own show, go for it. Give him a shout, brainstorm with him, get some ideas on the table, let him record it, let him edit it, let him produce it, let him do all the things for you. Ready Sad Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality thanks again guys i look forward to hanging out with you again next week